Praise the Lord. Who's excited out there? Amen. Our God reigns, and he's going to take us with him. Amen. Amen. Well, today I'm excited about our scripture. We're going to talk about living in hostile territory. Do you feel like you're in hostile territory here in America? We're going to talk about it. But first, we're going to have Miss Alexander, if you would come. Vanessa, Don read last week, so Vanessa's going to do it this week. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor, being behind the, um, the, the Word of God. Amen. It says that the Word is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing marrow. Amen. So take delight as you hear the Word, that it will fall on good ground. As a reading of the Word, saints, the scripture reading found today is in Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the thoughts I think towards you. Make it personal. You can put your name in it. <clears throat> Says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not for evil. To give you a future. But it's not just a future. It's of hope. Then you will call upon me. And I go and pray to me. And I will listen to you. By the reading of the word. God bless you, saints. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Vanessa. She's going to be in the play as well as with Don, and we're excited to have her do a real good testimony. So anyway, we want to talk about living in hostile territory. Let's pray first, okay? Father, thank you for bringing us here together. We thank you that your word is going to be enriching our lives, giving us purpose, direction, and we'll know the plan that you have for us for good and out of evil, to give us a future and a hope. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, this, this is a very popular scripture, isn't it? Yeah. We love this scripture. Oh, I know the thoughts that you have towards us of good and not of evil. And I thought, you know, like, wow, what a really nice scripture. We're just rolling down the lane and God's saying, I got a future, I got a hope for us. But when I looked into it, I found the context of it. I was shocked. Say shocked. 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 The people, the children of Israel, were in Babylon. They were captured, ripped away from their families, their home, and their 4,600 uh, 4, of them were displaced into a foreign country. That ain't fun. But God says, I know the plans I have for you for good and not of evil. And you're going like, what, these, what kind of plans are these? Amen? So I had to find out that they were going to be in the land for 70 years. That's a long time, isn't it? Yes. Now, two of the prophets said, you're only going to be there for 24, uh, 24 months, two years. But Jeremiah had to write this and say, oh, no, no, no. You guys are going to be here for a while. You're going to be here for 70 years. Wow. Now, you know why they were there? Their long record of disobedience rebellious attitude, idolatry, you know, attitudes and, and uh, actions. God said, you know, I tried to warn you, tried to tell you, but you just wouldn't listen. So I'm going to carry you away and let you see how it feels like so you'll call upon me in the day of trouble and you'll get deliverance. Amen? Now, that's not very, that's not very, see, God was upset at his people. Did you know that God gets upset at his people? He, he called them stiff-necked, 
hard-headed. I know he's not talking about anybody in here. But sometimes he has to wait a couple of years for us to catch on, doesn't he? But God got so mad, he told Moses, you know, step aside. Let's just wipe them out. Let's start all over again. Can you imagine God say that? Well, he did. <laughs> but thank God that we have Jesus Christ, who is our mediator, who stands in the gap and says, I redeemed them for all their sins, that we're, re- we're forgiven, and we can just ask for forgiveness right away and get back in his good graces. So we're not, you know, victim to what it was in the Old Testament. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have to live a life of repentance and holy fear and godly uh, desires to please him. We have to do that, praise God, because otherwise you give place to the devil. The devil will come along and said, well, they're not doing right, and you've told them, so let me come and attack them. That's what he did with uh, uh, Job, wasn't it? The Bible says that Job would not correct his children, and God said, well, you know, this is not what I've asked you to do. He would make sacrifices, and the children weren't obeying, and, 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 and Job was not correcting them. And Job said this famous line, the thing that I have feared has come upon me. Well, he shouldn't be fearing. He should be fearing God and correcting his children. Can I get an amen? amen. Are we correcting our children, or are we just let them do whatever they want to do? Don't touch them. Don't bother them. You know, let's just let them go on. You know, they'll be all right. Now, I, I wanted to tell you, I it's in my heart. I was listening to this man minister, uh, a good friend of ours, and he was saying right here in Arcadia High School, right down the road, there was a girl that said uh, she got hooked up with some transgender people, and they were talking to her and said, you know what? It seems like you maybe should be a boy. And she said, mm, yeah, maybe you're right. And they said, you should call yourself George. So she went home and told her mom and dad hey, I think I'm a boy, I'm going, to be, I'm going to call myself George. And they said, are you crazy? <laughs> and so the girl went to the principal, and the principal, guess what he did? He took custody of her, removed her from the house, gave her hormones to change her into a boy. Her body couldn't take it. She started having all this pain, couldn't take it. She jumped in front of a train in Los Angeles and killed herself. This is what's happening in our schools. We, parents, have to be aware of what's happening. Watch what they're getting, you know, in their curriculum. You know, we have to stand up and say, wait a minute, this, we can't have this in our schools. We can't have this with our children. Amen? Amen. So we're living in, uh, you know, territory. You, you, you wonder, a hostile territory. I feel like I'm in a foreign land sometimes, don't you? You look on the news, there's crime, there's violence, there's shootings, there's killings. People are telling us, they're they're criticizing us for our Christian beliefs, making us do things that are not biblical. We have to stand up and say, oh, no, 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 this is not to be. As Christians, we have to make a stand, don't we? Amen. So in Hebrews chapter 4, it says that there's a rest for the people of God. Someone asked me, "What, what rest are you talking about? Well, it's a rest for our provision that he has for us, a rest in his love for us. One thing we have to realize is God loves us. We love him, but he loves us more. When you pray to him, you got to, I know God's got something for me. Amen? But we have to mix his promises with faith to see them come to pass. Is that not right? In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, it says, Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto my souls. Okay, so I'm going to talk today, and I hope this is going to be 
uh, hit the signs of the times. The children of Israel messed up, did they not? Over and over and over again. Does it sound like anybody you know? Uh, so they're <laughs> in a country that, that, that worshipped other idols. They're in a country that they knew nothing about, eating food that they didn't like, having, coming in contact with people they didn't like, the customs they didn't like. They said, what, am I, what are we supposed to do? Sometimes we get in situations that we say, you, you throw up your hand, you say, oh, forget it. Don't you ever feel that way? What's the use? We, we, we can't be that way. We have to know that we are pilgrims and sojourners on this earth, and we have to do things to advance the kingdom of God. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace that much more. As much sin as there is, as as much grace for, for doing the things of the Lord that's available to us and available to those that are around us. Amen? Now, so you would think uh, people would just give up, but here's... God told them four things that they must do. Same things that we have to do, all right? Well, first, let's look at this uh, slide here. Uh, I, I like this slide of, of, of a man walking and a picture of an angel. He's got your back. He's taking care of you. He's watching over you. Amen? So many times things happen, and I go, oh, man, thank God that somebody was there. How did that happen? How did I get saved? How did that things work out for my good? So, the one thing that we have to do, let me see, okay. Here's what God says in Jeremiah 29. Before he says, I have the plans, I know the plans for you. It says in verse 5, it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, eat their fruit, take wives, begot Beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may increase and not diminish. What's he saying? Be productive in your predicament. Oh, what kind of, what, what kind of word is that? Deliver us. Get us out of here. Don't you have that cry sometimes? Lord, I can't take it on my job anymore. The boss is miserable. The people I work with are terrible. <laughs> I get an amen over there. <laughs> You're in your neighborhood. Can I get out of this neighborhood, please, Lord? <laughs> My neighbors are, you know, I was, I was telling Marianne, we remembered when we got our first house, we were so happy. Oh, the Lord sent us to this house. It was so good. The first day, we found out that our bedroom was adjacent to a parking lot of an of a, a apartment house. And the guy's car, his hood was right next, adjacent to our bedroom. But the worst part of it is he went to work at 5 o'clock in the morning. To make matters even worse, he couldn't get his car started half the time. So here's what we heard at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That took a minute or so. But then finally, when he got it running, he had a gun it for another minute or two. I said, what happened? Where, how did we get in this situation? Amen? <laughs> I can remember we, the second house we got, there was a drug dealer uh, across the street, and, and next door to us there was a party uh, house, and I had to go over to the party house in my pajamas and say, listen, hey, guys, you know, it's 12 o'clock, we're trying to sleep here, <laughs> and, and they stopped having the parties, and then we prayed the drug people out. So you, you, sometimes you have to confront situations. Amen? 
You, you want that neighbor to sell their house and leave. You want that fellow worker to get another job. Sometimes we have relatives, crazy relatives, that we want them to move to another city. Just leave, okay? <laughs> but believe it or not, you ready for this? God and life has a way of putting you in places you didn't think a saint like you should be in. Like, how did I get here? It's like living under the hand of folk that you don't like and dealing with situations you didn't ask God to bring you into. Don't we all face that? Like, can't just, everything's fine, just move that one person out. <laughs> Have you ever been in a dark place waiting for God to deliver you? And what do you do in the meantime? What do you do when you know you're in a season that where the struggle you're going through is a place in your life that will not pass away quickly? And this is not going to be a walk in the park. This is going to take some time. So no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you beg, this season that you have to go through is maybe the worst of your life, maybe the heaviest one you had to deal with, the most complicated one that you've faced. But God said, I'm with you. I'm going to help you. And God has a way of putting you in a place where you wind up being with folk that you just didn't want to be around. Have you, am, I, am I making any sense to you all? <laughs> so what do you do when you're in hostile territory? What do you do? Someone says, that's a good question. <laughs> what do you do when your situations and your struggles and your burdens that are heavy, that don't go away easy? What do you do when God's taking his sweet time to change things? Amen? <laughs> So God said, I want you to build houses. I want you to settle down. I want you to be productive. I want you to do some things that are pleasing to my sight. Advance the kingdom of God. Because out of those 4,600 people, guess who was in that crowd? <laughs> Daniel was there. Thank, thank God for Celia. She's right here helping you all out, okay? <laughs> yeah, she, she, uh, Daniel was there. Now, Daniel could have said, you know what, I'm just going to sit it out. You got 70 years, just sit back, relax, I'll, I'll just chill. He didn't. He, he, you remember Daniel? He was the one that says, don't feed me the, the uh, king's meats. Give me vegetables. I want to keep my customs and my standards, you know, together, even though he's away from home. He studied. He, they, they grabbed him, and they put him in the, in the king's court, and he was 10 times wiser than all the magicians and the sorcerers that were there. Ten times he studied, he applied himself, he promoted himself, and he became uh, like second in command to the king. And he served three kings, and he never gave up. And they said to him, we can't find anything wrong with, with Daniel, but he does worship his Lord. Let's make a decree saying that no one should worship anything but anybody but the king for 30 days. You know what Daniel did? Poof. I don't care about that. I'm going to open up my window and praise the Lord three times a day. And what did they do? They brought him into the king's court, and the king said, well, let's throw him to the lions. They threw him to the lions, and nothing could get him. The lions all of a sudden shut their mouths. Now, the guys that tried to do it, they came by, and they threw them in, and the lions ate them up just like that. Praise God. Now, there were some other people Cecilia, don't answer this question, okay? <laughs> there were some other people that were with Daniel. Can anybody tell me who they were? Richard got it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
these three guys, <laughs> the king said, I'm going to build a statue. I want you all to bow down and worship me. And what they say? I don't think so. I don't think so. We're going to teach our kids critical race theory. I don't think so. <laughs> we have to make it stand. We have to stand up as Christians. And there's some persecution that comes with it. You know, they oust you. They, they, you lose your jobs, all kinds of things. But we have to stand up. They stood up. And the king said, oh, you're not buying down? We're going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And what did they say? Oh, God. Oh, king, if you throw us in, our God will deliver us. Amen? They threw him in, and Jesus himself, the Son of Man, came. said, come on, boys. Come on out of there. Amen? I got you covered. I got you protected. I got the, the, the sword of the Spirit. We have to know that God has got us covered. We have to stand up. We have to make a, a statement here. Amen? What do you do when you're in hostile territory? You stand up with the righteousness of God and say, no, 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 not in my house, not in my country. Amen? Now, a lot of us, you know, kind of get melancholy, kind of give up. It's, oh, well, what's we going to do? And there's no joy. Sometimes there's no joy in our lives. But Psalms 137, do we have it up there? The people that have captured the, the children of Israel, they said, you know what? Can you guys sing us a song? <laughs> sing about those songs that you sang in Zion. We like those songs. Be happy and sing. And they said, what did they say? No. How can we sing a song of happiness when we're in a foreign land? How can we sing in the midst of everything that we're going through? Because God is with us. He said, I'm not a God of, of, of just Jerusalem. I'm a God wherever you are. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, sing joyfully unto the Lord. What does that mean? That means when you go to work, don't be thinking about anything, but I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to get my hair, you know, taken care of and wear some nice clothes. I'm going to come in with joy and serve the Lord with gladness. Praise God. So you don't have to be in perfect situations for God to show himself strong in your behalf. Amen. God says still multiply and serve God. The Bible says what? In the enemy's presence, He'll, he'll, he'll set a table before your enemies. That means everybody else can be going down the tubes, but you're, you're rising up. Amen? So you can be feasting. I know sometimes you're in a situation that you don't want to be in. I know that some folks are talking bad about you. I know that some people are thinking bad about you. They may be speaking evil of you, but God, he wants us to increase. He wants us to be productive. Can I get an amen? Number one thing, be productive in your predicament. Number two, you ready for number two? Gets harder. It says, I want you to pray for your persecutors. What? What kind of religion is this anyway? What's this? It says, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. Amen. This is Old Testament. This is before Jesus came and said, love your enemies, pray for those that persecute you. All the way back in Jeremiah. God never changes. We can't have an attitude when people are wronging us, when situations aren't comfortable for us. Pray for those people. I can't imagine if I, you know, if, say, the Russians captured some Ukrainians and took them to their homeland, to, to Russia, and God said, pray for them. Pray for them. They've been killing us. They've been slaughtering us. Pray for them? This, what kind of religion is this anyway? 
(laughs) Do I have to sign? Is this what I signed up for? (laughs) But God said, I want you to pray for your enemies. I want you to learn how to just not pray for yourself, my house, my family, my work, my this, my that. So pray for those so that your peace will, they'll have peace and that peace will come upon you. You have to have a good attitude. I mean, I used to go to work and I know people didn't like me at work because I was t- talking about the Bible, talking about the Word of God. I was happy. <laughs> my friend said, why are you so happy? <laughs> I told him my life, he goes, it seems like everything you do works out for the, for the good. I, now, now I know why you're happy. Yeah. Amen? But I... I had to walk in there and not look or listen to anybody, but just love on them. Love, love, love on them. Amen? So you have to have the peace that passes all understanding. And most of the time, people that are giving you trouble, they got trouble on the inside of them. You have to be wiser and smarter than they, diffuse their anger, and bring peace and love to them. Amen? Can you do that? I double-dog dare you. To go, to go ahead and pray for those that mistreat you, abuse you, take your money. Praise God. I had one lady. Oh, my gosh. She was, she, she found, there was people donating to, to, my, to the ministry, and they went through her, her organization, and she was taking the money herself. And I went to her. I said, what are you doing? She said, well, we needed it in the ministry here. I go, it's designated to come to, to me. And she said, well... We have to keep afloat. And this girl is an accountant, okay? And I said, you, I could sue you for this. <laughs> and so I, I didn't say anything. I let it go. But then I went, I was in, involved in a, um, meetings, uh, city meetings, and uh, Christian city meetings. And there she is on the board. And I walk in to have breakfast. And I'm looking at her and I'm going like, I want to say something, you know? I was like, this lady... <laughs> Don't trust her. <laughs> but they were making a big deal about her. And you know what I had to do? I said, you didn't take my, that money from you, from me. I donated it to your ministry, okay? I want a record. I want a blessing from the Lord for it. So I, I prayed for her ministry. I prayed that it would, it would blossom. They were going down, but my money saved them. And so I look at it today and go like, I'm proud that I was able to be the difference in that, even though I had to give of myself. Praise God. Number two, pray for those that persecute you. Number three, protect yourself from false prophets. What does that mean? You know, you've been at meetings before where the, someone stands up and says, thus saith the Lord, you're going to have a worldwide ministry. Uh, you know, God's going to do great things for you. You're going to increase. All these things, and you wonder, like, are you serious? Or they'll say something like, you're going to uh, be married next year. We're still waiting for that person to get married, okay? <laughs> or you're going to have a baby next year. Now, you've got to make sure that that's of the Lord, right? Sally Bustamante, she said that over somebody, and guess what? It happened. They got pregnant within a couple of months. But she said, it was the Lord that came upon me. See, these, late, these guys were just saying stuff, oh, it's only going to be 24 months, and then you'll be out. They're just trying to make them feel good. But, you know, you can get a prophecy but you still got to live it. You still got to do the things that you're supposed to do. Right. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to have a worldwide ministry and lay on the couch and go like, okay, bring it, bring it. No. You still have to go the day-to-day-to-day-to-day life, right? I went to a friend's church 
uh, the other day uh, on Friday night, and I hadn't seen him for, for 40 years. That's a long time. And it's amazing to find somebody that's still in ministry for 40 years, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, the, the way he remembered me is because Marianne was going to his church, and I took her, <laughs> and I married her. <laughs> and since I married her, he, he couldn't hold that against me. And so he goes, yeah, Marianne Randazzo, I remember that. That was 40 years ago. Are you still married? I go, yeah. And are you still in ministry? I go, yeah. So anyway, I'm sitting there, and the guy comes, the guest speaker comes, and he prophesies over me, you're going to have increased, you know, God's going to do great things for you, and people from the street are going to come. And I just rejoice, yeah, I'm doing that. But I still have to work. I still have to do the work of the ministry. I can't just say, well, I had a prophecy in 2012 that everything's going to work out good, and I'm still waiting. No, you still have to do what you have to do. Praise God. All right, last thing. You got these written down. I'm going to show you at the end. But one is what? Be productive in your predicament. Pray for those that persecute you. What was number three? Protect yourself from false prophets that just try to make you feel good. Last thing is be patient with God's plan. He said, I know things are tough right now. I know you're in hostile territory. I know it seems like this thing's not going away. But be patient. Be persevering. Know that I have a plan for you, a plan for good and not of evil, right? No matter how dark your situation looks, God's got a plan for you. No matter how bad you've messed up, God still has a plan for you. Amen? Amen. He's still working things out. God is fixing your situation, but you need to be persevere. You need to persevere. Amen? He says, I'm going to show up and perform the work and the word that I've said unto you even though it looks like things aren't working out. Can I get an amen? Do you feel that way sometimes? Like, when is this thing ever going to end? But I, you can look around, and you can tell somebody, uh, I had that situation. I had a period of season of my time. But guess what? There was a period, and there's a new paragraph, and he took me out of that season. Now I'm into a new season, and I just rejoice in the Lord. Thank God that season's over. Thank God I'm not in that uh, house with a guy turning on the uh, car at 5 o'clock in the morning. Now, nowadays, I probably would have went over there, but, but then I said, you know what? I'm going to make, you know, what, lemonade out of lemons? I said, that's my wake-up call to go pray to the Lord. So every morning, I said, okay, 5 o'clock, let's go pray to the Lord. I didn't get all upset, although I wanted to, but God says, you know what? You have to use what you're facing to make something good out of it. Praise God. The Bible says what? Joy comes in the morning. Weeping is at night, but joy comes in the morning. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. My righteousness of the Lord. I found out every time I got into a tough situation, God was there to turn things around, and then I was able to help others in that same situation. You know, I've been around a long time. I'm 71 years old. Can you imagine the kind of stuff that I've been through? <laughs> My son does, just in his short life. Of, he doesn't know what happened before he, he came along. <laughs> I'm just glad to be able to stand here and talk to you. Amen. <laughs> I, I was like Rudy. I said, Lord, when I, I had sickness, I said, okay, Lord, if you want me to go, I'm, I'm ready to go. I can check out. Oh, no, no, no. You have to stay down there. Do I have to? Yeah, you have to. Amen. Why? Because I can show, tell other people. I have young men that come and they have 
problems and situations that they're facing. I said, don't worry about it. I've been there. I've done that. God's going to deliver you. He's going to take you out of it. Praise the Lord. I, 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 had, I had times, and my son, I think, was around then. You know, my wife and I, we got married. We only knew each other 10 weeks. Hallelujah. And then it's taken 38 years to really get to know her. I'm still working on it. <laughs> but she, she got pregnant the month after we got married. Now, how did that happen? So she quit her job, or she had to, you know, stop working. I had taken a lesser-paying job because I wanted to work in the ministry. All of a sudden, here comes Marianne. I marry her. I got no money. <laughs> I had to believe the Lord. I can remember times, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but it comes to the end of the month, like the 20th or the 21st, and you have no money, zero money. So what I would do is write a check, or maybe it was like the 28th or something, write a check uh, at the market, cash it, go to the bank, and put it in, and then by the time the check came to the bank, I, I got paid again, and I was okay. Have you ever? You can't do that now. It's instantaneous. As soon as you write the check, it's, you know, it's, it's there. But I, I had two or three days every month, not just every month. I had, I'm short. I had one friend, uh, this is true confession, okay? I had one friend that worked at, at, the, at the church. I go, can you write me a check for $500? I'll give you a check, and then when I get paid, I'll just reimburse you. My son's looking. <laughs> my son, this is why my son became a lawyer. He said, I ain't going to live like that. <laughs> so every month I would just, you know, I, I had enough money. I just had too much month, you know. <laughs> but God, in his mercy, amen, I had to learn how to believe God, amen. And then all of a sudden, things started happening. I started tapping into the provision of God. I started seeing, oh, God wants to provide for us, not just in what we make, but he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. You can call upon him. People would give me money. I had a guy from Atlanta. He, he, he mailed me a check for $500. He said, oh, the Lord was impressing upon me because you prayed for me that one day. My blood pressure went down. I never had to, you know, take any medicine. I, the Lord was reminding me of that. That was like two years prior. He said, I wanted to send you some money. I said, that's beautiful. Amen. <laughs> that's beautiful. So I saw God just do things in my behalf. So now when I took over the ministry, the pre previous ministry minister that I was at, the Lord said, okay, now that you've learned how to do that, you can get these people out of debt. And so they were $130,000 in debt. I started believing God the same way. And so what do they always say? Your mess is your message. Your test is your testimony. What you're going through, you're able to t tell and help others. So you don't have to get so, ex so frantic. God's going to work it out. But we exercise our faith. Praise God. So what was the last thing that we're supposed to do? Be patient. So let's, let's look at these four things, and we're going to pray and take communion. It says, what do you do in a hostile territory? Be productive in your predicament. Don't give up. Exercise your gift. Daniel exercised his gift. Pray for your persecutors. Oh, my. This is something that you really got to learn. Protect yourself from false prophets. People tell you things that make you feel good. Sometimes it could be a friend saying, oh, you know, don't worry about it. You're going to be all right. No, you're, you need to 
<laughs> petition the Lord. You need to get some, some uh, faith going. And be patient on the fact that God has a plan for you, and he will bring his good, his goodness upon you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for encouraging us that even though we're living in a hostile territory in this land, that, Father, you have a plan for us, that you want us to prosper as Christians, as believers in you, that we live in a different economy. We live in your economy and your provision and your peace and your joy. And, Lord, I thank you that you just depart that or impart that to us right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I think the Lord wants to refresh you, encourage you, strengthen you to know that you're not alone in this world. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's our healer. He's our righteousness. He's the ever-present help in time of trouble. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Show yourself strong in our behalf. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to take communion and recognize what Jesus has done for us. He paid the price. He put us into a covenant where we have peace with the Lord. He's not mad at us anymore. He loves us with an everlasting love. He said, our, your sins and your iniquities, I'll remember no more. Isn't that good news? I need a clean slate. I need to be, have all my sins wiped away, never to be remembered anymore. Praise God. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We have peace and joy. The Bible says, when you take communion, to examine yourself. Not me examine you, but you examine yourself. And as you take this, take it worthily. Take it as knowing what Christ has done for us. He paid the price and his blood was shed on the cross. His stripes was taken on his back so that we could be one with the Father. So, Father, I thank you that if you're here today and you say, you know what, I need to accept the Lord. I haven't accepted him. Make him Lord of my life. You can pray this simple prayer. Father, let's say it all together for all those that are listening. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. What a wonderful gift you've given to us. The gift of righteousness. I thank you that I'm, we're free from our sins. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life in Jesus' name. And as we come to the communion table, Jesus said, as oft as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. He took all of our sins so that we could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if you have sins, just ask the Lord, Lord, forgive me. Redeem me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. So the elements, the bread and the cup, symbolizing the bread and the blood that was shed for us. We bless these elements, and as we take them, we want to do it in remembrance of you, Lord. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
You know, as we take this, these elements, it puts us in the right place with God. His body was given to us, broken for us, so that we could be one with the Father. Take and eat of the bread. The cup symbolizing the blood of Jesus. What a price Jesus paid for us. Every drop of blood was taken from his body, sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven so that God's anger and wrath would be settled and satisfied and that he's not mad at us any longer. Take and drink of the cup. You know, I just sense the Lord coming upon us. Do you feel the Lord on, on you? Let's just take a moment and just thank the Lord for what he's done for us, how good he has been. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. There's no one like you. We praise you. We thank you, Father. For sending your son, Jesus. Jesus. What a sacrifice you made. No, there is no greater love than a man give up his life for his friend. Thank you that you call us friends. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I always try to come to the church and let you feel the presence of the Lord. So that it's not me, but it's him. Amen. And you can have the same presence at home if you just lift your hands up and invite him in in the morning, in the noonday, in the nighttime. His desire is to fellowship with us. And then when we come together on Sunday, we just bring that part of the Lord that we know together. So, Father, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.